Hello, and welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, a shopping guide to unique jewelry, arriving trends, and plenty of helpful tips. I'm your host, jewelry guide, and graduate gemologist, Brenna Pakes. Welcome aboard. This is episode number two of the Jewelry Navigator podcast, where we continue to discover gemstone treasures set with green gems other than emerald. I'll also share how you can uncover treasures in your own jewelry box. Welcome to the Jewelry Navigator podcast, an on-the-go source for unique jewelry and arriving trends to stay ahead of the fashion curve. You'll hear what inspires the jewelers and designers I feature to create outside the jewelry box. As a graduate gemologist and your host, I'll guide you with insider tips on how to shop for, design, and care for your jewelry with confidence. To keep updated on weekly jewelry discoveries, subscribe for your Jewelry Navigator Passport at JewelryNavigator.com. You can find show notes and weekly features here as well, and find daily departures for jewelry inspiration on Instagram and Facebook at Jewelry Navigator. Thank you so much for joining me and enjoy the episode. I'm Brenna Pakes. I'm a graduate gemologist with a background in geology. I've been a jewelry consultant in the private sector and am now a guide to unique jewelry and unusual gems from around the world. With an intermittent career as a flight attendant, I combined aviation and jewelry to make jewelry news and tips fun through a blog, a weekly newsletter called the Jewelry Navigator Passport, And no, it doesn't take four to six weeks to get your passport. You just go online, jewelrynavigator.com, and apply for one. And now also a podcast. I advocate for indie jewelers and designers by showcasing their jewelry and telling their stories. Because their jewelry defies commercial boundaries and trends. So if you like to stand out from the crowd, come with me. You can find all the links to the jewelry and designers that I mentioned today in a coordinating blog post that is released on Thursdays, and that you can find on JewelryNavigator.com. While you're there, be sure to apply for your Jewelry Navigator passport to get future boarding passes to upcoming podcast episodes and other exciting jewelry arrivals. Last week, I featured a green gemstone more durable than emerald, a variety of rare green garnet called Savorite, and jewelry set with the bright green gem. For spring break, I also featured a designer and studio in Sarasota, Florida. Using old world techniques, Bowman Originals creates every piece of jewelry by hand, making them unique and true treasures. If you missed last week's episode, check it out. With every podcast is a coordinating blog post published on Thursdays with photos of the gems and jewelry featured. So be sure to check out last week's episode and the blog post at jewelrynavigator.com. And if you haven't already, subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Podbean. And this week's featured gem is green tourmaline. And I'll share why you should consider it as a legit gemstone for your jewelry. I'll also encourage you to spring clean your jewelry box to recover hundreds of dollars of jewelry. You're not going to believe what you can find in your own jewelry box. Don't throw anything away. Tourmaline is this week's featured gemstone. I chose tourmaline because it comes in so many different 
varieties of green, really beautiful from dark, deep chrome tourmaline to a seafoam tourmaline to one that is a neon green-blue tourmaline. They're usually formed in large crystals and deliver big in color. Tourmaline forms in every color. In fact, the word tourmaline actually means multicolored gems from the Sri Lankan name Turamali, and their legend said that the gemstones rode along a rainbow, and that's why it forms in so many different colors. I mean, uh, seriously, from every color, from colorless all the way to black. Tourmaline forms and is mined in multiple locations all over the world. Some of the finest tourmaline comes from Brazil, but really nice tourmaline also forms in parts of the U.S., mostly in California and Maine. Other places where it's mined is, are Africa, Afghanistan, Pakistan, Thailand, and Russia. If you want to find out where you can actually go and mine your own tourmaline, yes, there are actually mines that allow you to do that. I will post a source on the the blog post for this week to um, so you can go and check it out yourself and maybe go mine your own tourmaline, which is pretty exciting. So in last week's episode, I explained the geologic history of where Savarite was discovered and where it's mined in Africa and how the tectonic and volcanic activity along the original tectonic plates are like gemstone bakeries. Well, there's um, similar circumstances to how tourmaline forms. And tourmaline being our featured gem of the week, I'm going to really geek crush out on tourmaline today. <laughs> They form in all colors, like I said, and tourmaline is a gemstone that typically forms in large crystals, which means big, yummy color for us. Yay! The size of a crystal formation is relative to how quickly or how slowly it forms or cools. The slower the cooling, the larger the crystal. They're mostly found in pegmatites or host rocks that form large crystals within them. And a little bit more background about them. When crystals form from magma, the crystallization process is sort of like cooking. Like when you're reducing a sauce and how the flavor becomes stronger, the more reduction of fluid there is with, for the sauce, the same kind of applies to um mineral and crystal formation, whereas the magma cools, pockets of rich mineral waters collect, and where crystals have more room to form, they grow really large because there's more space, and they're with a combination of longer cooling time and rich mineral content in the cooling solution, gems like tourmaline form in a wide variety of colors and usually larger crystals. When more manganese is present, pink tourmaline is the result. And there's a really beautiful hot pink variety of tourmaline. It's called rubellite. And not to be confused with ruby, it's a different distinctive color, although it is a hot pink, really bright color. But manganese is responsible for the color in that tourmaline. And for the green tourmalines, chromium and vanadium, are responsible for the green varieties, and there's a really special kind of tourmaline called Paraiba, named for the area and mine in Brazil where Paraiba.
tourmalines were first discovered, they're a beautiful neon blue-green color, extremely rare, and they've increased in value over the last few years. On the blog post this Thursday, you'll find a beautiful electric neon blue pariba tourmaline set in a ring by this week's featured designer, California Girl Jewelry. I'll have many other jewelry examples on the blog post this Thursday of different jewelry set with a variety of gemstones, mostly featuring green tourmaline, but also some of the rubellite tourmaline that I mentioned as well, and some natural crystals that form in multicolor colors all in one crystal. So tourmaline is a really interesting gemstone. It forms in a multitude of colors and it's, I forgot to tell you, it does have a hardness of seven to seven and a half. So it is a fairly durable gemstone to wear on a regular basis. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it for an engagement ring, although I've seen it before. They don't hold up to daily wear like sapphires or diamonds. So on to the story of our featured designer of the week, California Girl Jewelry. I'm really excited to share this with you. I've written a couple of blog posts featuring a lot of their jewelry. She caught my attention, and I'm saying she because the founder of California Girl Jewelry, of course, is a girl, (laughs) and her daughter. So it's a mother-daughter team. And uh, what I really admire about their designs is the rare gemstones that they use the color gemstones are fantastic and it's a great education of all of the different gemstones that are available beyond what you just see in the jewelry stores things that i haven't even mentioned yet and they always have a great selection of tourmalines which of course is our gemstone of the week so like i said a mother-daughter team mariel baker and her daughter denise forbes and their all-female design team make up california girl jewelry their studio is based in san francisco and they're on 833 market street in downtown they also have an online shop as well as an etsy shop their photographs are beautiful and they do a great job of educating their visitors and shoppers to all of the information that goes into learning about the gemstones, where they're from, why they're the color they are, is because she's really smart and she goes above and beyond what most sites do as far as describing the colors and explaining where the gemstones are from. Because of that and their designs, I really appreciate California Girl Jewelry you really should go over and check out their site, especially if you're a big fan of colored gemstones like me. So back to her story, which is a really interesting one. Originally, Mariel was an executive in the tech industry in New York City. And her journey to finding rare gemstones and colorful jewelry is, is kind of interesting. I, I interviewed her about a year ago. And um, like I said, I've written a couple of blog posts about California Girl Jewelry and how Mariel got started. But as far as where she got started, I'd say that she found some gem treasures in New York. As a senior manager for tech industry companies in New York, From the early 1980s, Mariel was required to follow a a strict professional dress code. 
and her draw to diamonds and colored gemstones began when she would visit the Diamond District just a block away from her Manhattan office. From frequent visits to a jeweler she befriended, Mariel learned more about the rare gemstones she loved collecting, and later she created designs to display their beauty and brilliance. Well, it gets more interesting in a couple minutes, but um, to continue on with the story, she was determined to wear the gems, so she began she began designing conservative styles to comply with her corporate dress code and then customized the designs around her growing collection of unique and rare gemstones, which I think is so awesome. I love how she was able to incorporate her gemstones and still comply with her her uh, business attire. So from there, in 2001, after she retired, her jewelry design efforts began to accelerate and she started to sell her designs. And with a growing interest in her jewelry, she set up an online site to educate and guide shoppers who shared her delight in rare and unusual colored stone jewelry. She said that, and this is cute, she said her superpower is being able to completely recall by memory color, which is hard to do, but she acquired that talent while taking and exploring color theory in New York City. When she was still there, she took painting classes, and that really helped with her eye and being able to coordinate colors, but also um, with the appreciation of gemstones. Before retiring, her career path relocated to the San Francisco Bay Area. And once she was settled in, California captured her heart. I mean, if you've ever been there, especially the San Francisco Bay Area, it's beautiful. It's like a whole other world. It's the weather is nice and it's just a fantastic place. But within two years, her daughter Denise joined her. And Mariel established the foundations of a specialized jewelry niche through which she and Denise introduced the world to jewelry created to showcase rare and beautiful gemstones, many which are juicy, vibrant tourmalines in unique and stunning settings, just like the Pariva tourmaline ring I told you about. And you can find on California Gold Girl Jewelry, that ring, and also on the blog post that I'll post this Thursday. The circle of manufacturing at California Girl Jewelry is small, and that allows them to pass on significant savings for the fine jewelry that they create. Mariel summarizes her mission as stated on their website, we offer custom jewelry to create engagement rings and gift jewelry that is within your budget to exceed your expectations on beauty and quality without charging design fees. And if you've shopped around for fine jewelry set with rare and exclusive gemstones, she's right. Most pieces are set with 18 karat gold or platinum and all are well made worthy of many years of heirloom quality wear, and many of the colored gemstones make excellent alternatives to diamonds for engagement rings. Their jewelry masterpieces are surrounded with small but high quality diamonds around G color and VS clarity. And often diamonds trace the basket or the head of the center gemstone, directing even more attention to the beautiful gemstone in the center of the piece. The name California Girl Jewelry is a tribute to the diversity of how high fashion seamlessly converges 
with the casual landscapes enjoyed by California's lifestyles. From one coast to another and worldwide, Mariel, Denise, and their staff create jewelry treasures waiting for those who appreciate rare and beautiful gemstones, masterfully accented and set, ready for generations of enjoyment. You can find California Girl Jewelry and their beautiful selection of jewelry on their website at californiagirljewelry.com. They also have an Etsy shop online and they also have um, a studio in downtown San Francisco at 833 Market Street. I hope to visit them sometime and I'll definitely include you in on what I find and the story. I can't wait to meet them sometime in the near future, hopefully. As promised, the second part of the podcast today is going to be devoted to another topic that's really popular in the springtime that sometimes isn't that much fun, but spring cleaning. But I think it's a lot more fun when you talk about jewelry and spring cleaning because your jewelry box and drawers where you keep your jewelry actually do need to be cleaned out. And you'd be amazed at what kind of treasures you come across when you clean out your jewelry box. Like, how many times have you abandoned or even thrown out orphaned earrings, broken chains, bracelets, missing clasps, and rings that don't fit? Well, I hope you haven't thrown them away, but you've probably forgotten about them in there. They've been abandoned in in your drawers. But I will share an average of how much you can save from a simple fixes or from a few simple fixes and repairs. This will involve a bench jeweler who can solder and replace missing parts to repair, but you'll be surprised at how much savings you gain by repairing instead of replacing these sometimes forgotten pieces. Would you believe that for less than an average of $100, you can keep from losing $2,500 or more? But that's only if you get the prongs checked on your ring. Diamond engagement rings and any ring, for that matter, that has gemstones set in it are held in place by metal, whether it's prongs that are on a head or little tips that are... The tips of these prongs over time wear thin, and if they were to get caught in fabric, a sweater, or your jeans, sometimes they can shear right off if they're too thin. And if you lose more than one prong, one prong tip, you're really at risk of losing the gemstone. And that's why I say you can save up to $2,500 just depending on the size of the stone, typically more than that, by making sure that your prong tips aren't too thin. You're usually not going to be at risk of losing your stone if you lose one prong tip. It's when you lose two. And typically that means that most of them are thinning or wearing thin. And it's not going to be long before another one picks off and you could very likely lose the stone. So that's why I say you could save up to easily $2,500 or more just by protecting the prong tips of your stone or the prongs that um, keep your stone set in place. So really, no matter how your stones are set in your ring, whether it's by prongs or micromelly, that really pretty teeny tiny setting of those little teeny tiny diamonds, those, the metal on those wear off pretty quickly. So rings that are set with those that are worn on a regular basis, you really need to keep an eye on those. The cost to retip prongs averages around $20, $25. So that's why I say for 
a four prong head to retip all four prongs would be about a hundred dollars so that's why i say you're spending a hundred dollars to actually save twenty five hundred dollars or more so that's a pretty good deal so let's take a look again at what you have in your jewelry box. Do you have rings that don't fit you anymore that are just sitting around and they've just been abandoned because they're either too tight or too big? That's a really easy thing to fix. Most rings can be resized, especially if they're made of sterling silver or any combination of the alloy goals, which means 10 carat, 14 carat, or 18 carat. And that goes for yellow, rose, or white gold, as well as platinum. Depending on the material, whether it's sterling silver or gold or platinum, the price to size a ring up or down is going to vary somewhat. But in general, sterling silver or gold should be anywhere around $30, $30 to $50 per size. Platinum is sometimes maybe double that. But check with your jeweler. If you don't have a jeweler, I wanted to be sure to mention that the best way is to go and visit different jewelers. Find one that you're comfortable with, Some a, a jeweler that when you walk into their store, they make you feel welcome, but they're not breathing down your neck. Ask them questions as far as if they keep their repairs on site. That's really important. I'm going to do a separate show at some point going over some of the important factors that go into finding a jeweler that you are comfortable with and want to work with. How about earrings? Unfortunately, because they're small and there are two of them, earrings are notoriously and easily lost. Diamond stud earrings are a staple in most women's jewelry wardrobes, but when one is lost, as sickening as it is, its mate can be reunited with a new match. Yay, it can be remarried. So, again, depending on the size and quality of a diamond, replacing half a pair is a deal compared to replacing both earrings. If you're not in the market to replace its mate, think about converting the widowed earring into a pendant. That's a really good solution, and for about $200 or so, you can have a diamond set in a really pretty simple solitaire pendant. And then other earrings like hoops and other gemstone stud earrings can often be reordered as a single or half pair to reunite it with its lost mate. And here's another cool idea for lone earrings. Just like the diamond pendant, some earrings can be converted to a charm as well as a pendant. Next up, how about all those chains and bracelets and necklaces that might be tangled or just collecting dust in those jewelry drawers. All jewelry eventually wears out, but most jewelry can be repaired and enjoyed for many more years. In the case of bracelets, a broken link on a sterling silver, gold alloy, or platinum bracelet can usually be soldered for under $50, and that's, that's a generous estimate. Every jeweler has their limitations, but and especially when it comes to things like hollow chains, they're just more delicate and they melt easily under the heat of the torch, a repair torch. Um, some other limitations might apply to certain jewelers, but you just have to ask around and they'll be able to give you estimates on how much it'll be to repair those chains and bracelets. 
Here's another cool idea. If you have chains that you're not going to use, but you have an important bracelet or a watch that needs a safety chain, take the safety chain or take the chain that you're not going to use anymore. Have the jeweler use part of the chain as the safety Another reason necklaces and bracelets get ignored and abandoned in jewelry boxes are the clasps might be missing or broken. Basic clasps like lobster clasp and spring rings, those circular rings that you have to pull the little um, knob back and it springs back so you can slip the jump ring through, those can be easily replaced on necklaces, chains, and bracelets. Prices will vary depending on the metal and the size, but doesn't just knowing you can revive broken jewelry make you really happy? But just keep in mind that costs will vary depending on the materials, the metals, um, even location in the country. Prices vary from shop to shop. But I did a general shop around from coast to coast. I'll post the jewelry stores that I, that I based my prices on. And this is pretty much average based on my experience working in the retail stores, how much the repairs cost. And like I said, if you don't have a jeweler, I'm happy to help you find one. So recapping your possible treasure recoveries from broken and abandoned jewelry in your jewelry boxes and drawers. Diamond and gemstone prongs can be replaced or retipped to prevent losing the stones. Most rings can be resized, saving you basically the cost of any ring. Single earrings can be replaced or converted into charms or pendants. Broken gold, silver, and platinum chains and bracelets can be soldered to repair a break. And most necklace, chain, and bracelet clasps can be replaced. So all of these solutions can restore those jewelry items that have been abandoned in your jewelry boxes and they would be so much happier if you wear them. So back to what I mentioned at the very beginning, the amount of money, the cost that you can save from digging into your jewelry box and repairing and refurbishing jewelry can mean the difference of a replacement that would cost $300 to $3,000 and up for a lost diamond. Just like every episode, photographs and more helpful tips will be on this week's blog post that will be released on Thursday, and I'll feature photos of tourmaline crystals and jewelry set with delicious, yummy tourmaline gemstones. I can't wait to share those with you, especially the the jewelry from California Girl Jewelry, and I have some other of my favorite jewelers that I find in various places. Um, with their jewelry that are set with tourmaline. Next week, we're going to wrap up our green series with a designer who saves the earth with the jewelry she makes. I'll add another part to finding and keeping your treasured jewelry and how to keep your rings from falling off with Ring Shank Redemption. So, until next time... Jewelry navigators, prepare for your jewelry arrival. Cross-check those clasps and safety chains, and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.